Welcome to Finding the Modern Man podcast. Join me, Peter Kirikosta, your health and performance expert and self-leadership coach, as myself and my guests discuss and uncover what it means to be a man in today's society, helping you optimize physical, mental, and emotional health in order to create a life with purpose and passion in the changing world that we live in. Welcome back to another episode of Finding the Modern Man podcast. In today's episode, we're going into the pillar of food. And notice I didn't say diet because that's not what it's about. That's not what I want it to be. This is about what we ingest, what we eat, what we drink, how that affects our bodies and what we can do to make better choices along the way. Other factors that come into it. First of all, I just want to give a bit of a background on my own struggles with food intolerance and immune issues from when I was a little baby, because what I deliver in this podcast and developing the eight pillars of self-mastery, it's all come from not just my professional studies, but from my life experience of struggling with health struggling internally, struggling physically, and overcoming that in different ways at various stages of my life. Because I did start out as a very sick baby, even in utero, before I was born. There were complications there. When I was born, I was lactose intolerant. So baby that can't breastfeed, is automatically set up with a weaker constitution. I coming back to that first pillar of what we've got genetically, because that first period of breastfeeding is so important to set up the baby's immune system, their digestive system, which then feeds out to their energy levels and what they can do, the strengths and weaknesses later on in life. So with that, once the body has an intolerance, or it's rejecting certain things, later on, it's likely to increase to other aspects, to other foods, other things that, that we ingest and the body starts rejecting. It becomes an immune response, right? The digestive system is pushing it out, saying it's no good. It's like a high anxiety person that's just down there going, oh, I love it. And if you look at your digestive system in that way, if you do have digestive issues, you'll really get what I'm saying here. You'll know that feeling. But that's what it was like. And it increased not just from dairy and the sensitivity to sugars because of the lactose intolerance. It was the yeast, the gluten. It ended up becoming certain vegetables as well. And the fact I couldn't even eat a mandarin off my dad's tree. Now, in that way, it was, it was a very typical Italian gardener. Always fruit and veg there, fresh, radically grown, natural. Couldn't even have that because the vitamin C content was too much for my stomach. That is not a good thing. If you can't take in nutrients like vitamin C, which is important for the immune system, it sets you up at a bit of a loss, which is what happened. I was constantly peaking and troughing. I would go well with health for a bit, I'd spend a bit of energy and then I'd trough, I'd crash, I'd get sick, I'd get injured, whatever it was, 
it was a big dip. It was significant. I would bounce back pretty quick because I took care of myself. But over the years, I just thought, no, I'm taking so many different supplements to help my body absorb nutrients, to help me maintain a better stage of health. And I thought, no, just maintaining this happy state of existence, not actually getting better, which was some of my drive find my studies to find answers, right? Not the answer, but what answers can I have that are going to help me over my life and other people like me? So through various practitioners being failed by the medical system and the natural system, it comes down to the practitioners, right? And how open-minded they are. But there were practitioners along the way that really helped my own studies, really helped the different things I've learned professionally, all comes into it. And I have been able to turn a lot of this around, not a hundred percent, but I can have smaller portions of dairy or gluten. Say if I want a pizza, right? I can have a proper one when it's made well and my body's not going to freak out. It's a little uncomfortable still. It's not good for it, but in moderation and on occasions, it's okay. I can eat it. I can enjoy it and not suffer later. And with that, my immune system improved a lot over the years where I don't get sick much anymore. I can maintain a higher energy output for a lot longer and not crash. Dip, I start to go down and I can pick myself up by taking care of myself, addressing those factors and moving on. Now today, I won't get into those protocols. Because those protocols worked for me in different ways and not necessarily going to work in the same way for everyone because we are different. Today, what I am going to start with, some very basic ways we can start to eliminate unnecessary agitation in the digestive system, unnecessary weight gain, and start feeling a lot more vital, a lot more energetic, in a sustainable way. And one of the biggest things I see these days looking at the broad scope of society is the lack of clean eating. We've been inundated with so much processed food and junk food, and we eat out so much more than we used to, be it buying lunch every day at work, when we go out with friends or family. And we need to start developing the critical thinking and the awareness that when when you're out, food is prepared in a way to get it on the plate and to the people in an efficient way. And it's made to taste better. This is often by foods being fried, added sugar, salt, or additives that enhance the flavor, which keep us wanting coming back for more, right? Because it's better than what we can cook at home. And there's nothing wrong with having that on occasions. Or when it becomes a weekly thing, multiple times a week, we're doing this, then it does start to impact our health because even healthy salad, which I see a lot of people buying, they are unaware and it's not their fault, but they're unaware of how much sugar and what other ingredients are in the dressing because the ingredients of the salad itself can be great or a specific meal put with it. This is what we don't know. 
And these are the things I think about having grown up needing to look at the ingredient list on every box, every packet. I learned a lot about ingredients, the additives. So this is a way we can become a little more mindful and critical thinking when we're out and about. And how often do we choose to do this? Because that mixed with how much we drink. In recent decades, the amount that we eat out, the copious amounts of alcohol people consume, it wasn't quite perfect too. Just that sheer volume. These two factors lead and play a huge part in our overfed and undernourished culture. And so when we look at, okay, how can we bring that in a bit? Can we rein it in, reduce it? I'm not saying cut it out completely. Saying, let's cut it back, rein it in, see what the results are. Two other important factors that I look at in the foundations of what we ingest, same as what I, the same example I used in the last two episodes with training and treating the body. What is your work, the nature of your work? How much energy are you expending? So let's use the same example of the active tradie or the person who's got a very physical, laborious job. With that kind of movement and energy use throughout the day, these, these people are more likely to require larger portions of food throughout the day. They're more likely to need different ratios of the carbs and the proteins when we're looking at muscle function and muscle repair, physical repair after work. These people could also benefit from unrefined rock salt or even better, pure electrolyte liquid added to the drinking water, which can help maintain hydration levels throughout the day. Looking at the desk worker or the person that has a very inactive job and not expending as much energy, the body is literally not moving as much, not using as much energy, not as much strain on the body. So the portion sizes may be smaller. And the ratios of the carbs, proteins, fats are likely to change as well. Just from that factor, they're not using as much. One of the things as well that come into play with being overfed and undernourished is when you've got a very mentally demanding job, often we mistaken the need for mental rest and mental rejuvenation for hunger. So we reach for that sugary food, the fast acting food, which gives us that immediate little pep. Instead of stepping away, perhaps coming back to the mindset pillar, doing a bit of mindfulness practice, some deep breathing, maybe a short meditation to help revitalize the mind, refresh, come back to the job. So when we look at these factors, how does that apply to your life and your day-to-day? What kind of changes can you start to make that are small, but will lead to longer lasting effects later on? And on this point as well, one of the things that I look at with one-to-one clients is coming from that iridology point of view. 
looking at the digestive system and associated organs from the markings I see in the iris. So I'm looking at stomach capacity, which can vary from person to person. What is their natural energy production like? So looking at the, the genetic strengths and weaknesses and factors that come into play. What is your baseline? Is your current expression of health reflecting that or not? Or how can we support it to increase vitality and health? We also look at the associated organs. Are there, is there any sign that in the iris that things are really strong genetically or perhaps need a bit of help and support? To use myself as an example, because of my weaker constitution from birth, my pancreas and liver naturally don't produce enough digestive enzymes. This is something I learned later on, right? Which release enzymes into the body when food comes in to help break down proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. So when I started doing that, Wow. Then my body, I supplemented with digestive enzymes, right? It's a supplement, which helped my, my body break down those macronutrients, break down the food, absorb it, utilize it. This is one of the things that has worked for me over the years. And it makes a huge difference to my digestion, stomach, how it feels, bloating, the gas, all these little things, right? Don't have to be as bad as they are. One of the things. So looking from that point of view, okay, how does that help? What does our body tell us about what it needs? Another thing that comes into play is the nervous system into food and digestion. If we are working or living in a highly stressed environment or an unsafe environment, our nervous system is going to be highly activated and going more into that survival mode. When we're in survival mode, our body shuts down non-essential functions for that period of time. It's meant to be short term. The digestive system is one of those where it may not shut down, but it reduces the function. The blood, the nutrients, the energy, the focus are going to where we need to get away from danger, which is more our extremities back in our evolution times when we had to run away, get away from danger. But when we're in this day-to-day, this on our nervous system is highly taxing. And that means that our digestive system is going to be repressed quite a long period of time. So again, our nutrient intake is not going to be good. Our energy production is not going to be as effective or efficient as well. So then we need to look at, okay, what is causing stress in our lives and how can we go about reducing that? It's for another episode as well. These are one of the factors because if our digestive system is not working, it doesn't matter how many calories you count, your macronutrients and all of that kind of side of things. If you're highly stressed and your digestive system is not working, it's not going to work efficiently. No matter what you put into it or 
whatever approach you take, it's just one of the factors in regards to that being in a highly stressed environment. This also comes into our relationship with food. Do we have a healthy relationship with food? Do we have an addictive relationship with food? Is it a way to punish ourselves perhaps with restrictive eating? Is it perhaps a coping mechanism with overeating and comfort eating? These are just a couple of possible variables. I'm not saying it's the same for everyone. But a relationship with food is important. Because if we don't get on top of that and look at why we reach for certain foods, why, why we restrict ourselves, it's going to be harder to maintain a healthy eating pattern long-term. This is where we are more likely to yo-yo, go well for a while, bounce back, go well for a while, bounce back, and sets up cyclical motion, which can just lead to other feelings of being deflated, depression, helplessness, a variety of other things as well. So it's a piece of the puzzle. The entire point though. So when we take a look at these variables that we've discussed today, we really need to look at calorie counting and restriction first up, or can we look at balance? Take that Chinese philosophy approach of creating balance in the body, creating energy balance with our clean eating, reducing how much we eat out, reducing how much we drink, looking at our energy levels of work and the requirements of that, looking at our organ function and our, what our body is naturally designed to do. And if it's reflecting that in our day-to-day -day life, dressing our relationship with food. These are just a few things. And it's not that we do all of that at once. Write these things down. It's on one thing at a time, right? And always come and get personalized advice with this. It's what I'm here for. But you can start making these differences for yourself and taking the power into your own hands. Because when we start to open up to assessing ourselves in these way, in an honest and non-judgmental way, then we can open ourselves up to more accurate answers, methods, freedom, and long-term happiness. So please, take a look, see what you can do for yourself day to day with some of these variables. Nail one, move on to the other. And in that way, choose yourself, choose your future, choose a happier life with your family, choose the change we need to see in society, and in turn, paint the face of the modern man with me. So please, like, subscribe to these, to these podcasts and these channels. Yeah. Comments. That helps to get up in the algorithm and get this information out there so other men and people can start helping themselves in a much more practical and sustainable way. Thank you again. And until next time, take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening. Just a friendly reminder that what we discussed today does not constitute personalized advice. If you're planning on making significant changes to your life, creating a pathway suited to your specific needs and goals is recommended. Also, if you have any questions or topics you would like me to cover on future episodes, 
please get in touch via social media or through the website. And thank you again, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.